0: You are in a insanely in the insanely unique position of testing your resolve on a regular basis, and we get like this is one thing that's a huge issue with the best athletes in the world. We get caught up in the moment and we forget everything that's ever happened. We forget our strategy. We were gonna go nine and seven. You coach sixteen unbroken. You like that? Now we're doing one. Now we're doing one, 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 one. Before you start, so just talking. go <laughs> and then start speaking. <laughs> is
1: that every <laughs> to respond today? Do. Good
0: morning, Misfits. You are tuning into another episode of the Misfit Podcast. And if you follow MisfitAthletics.com, you are beginning week two of phase four today. Um, I almost said week one because there's sort of that test week. And then we have two through six is very much what we call internally the meat of the phase. Um, that means that today is your very first day of the volume back squat phase cycle phase block um unfortunately this is this hurts a little bit uh i gotta give a shout out to hunter um Uh oh so again we normally have Mm -hmm. the strategy in the pattern (laughs)
2: Uh,
0: we normally have the strategy of putting this volume cycle in phase one uh And not only are we preparing you to peak your clean and jerk in comp block one, which is next, but also you are entering the phase stronger with better movement patterns, which is something I think that's really important. You know, you go through typically you would go through the summer and sort of have that like you know, maybe you do a little bit more outdoor aerobic stuff. You don't lift quite as much. You're not really in the zone. Um, so to have it in this place and I think have people more used to our style of, of strength cycles and all that, and linear progression and cleaning up movement patterns and making people a little bit faster. I, I am much happier with test week than I normally am. I'm always happy coming out the other side with the way that I see people move, even if they don't PR when they come out the other side, but I can tell,
3: That they've had three phases worth of getting ready for this just from a timing perspective as far as the back squat i think one like it it kind of works out well because we've talked about it the open isn't quite as significant for a, a lot of our community members so we you know do the back squat now the clean and jerk next phase which i would say is more sports specific, if yeah. if a, the clean and jerk can be sports specific to CrossFit, um, but I think there's a lot to be said about athletes being just like confident with their their strength, yeah, and like internally we know that that's not like if you don't perform well, and I'll I'll, I'll put this out there, like yeah, I'm we want you to be strong leading going into the opening quarterfinals, but your strength is not the reason you didn't qualify for semifinals, you know, for, in in ninety nine percent. of cases and you proved this
0: in an article that someone that people could go back and reference I don't remember what it's called
3: the strong enough to go to the games or something like that yeah so and it it, again it it only it only matters if it if you kind of if you make it matter so to speak so I think like I said there's a lot to a lot of value in being comfortable with the heavyweight and like going into the open with confidence that in quarterfinals of the open when they have that heavy lift or whatever it is like you feel better about it mm-hmm. um, but certainly not at the expense of your fitness which is you know
1: I do. think the confidence thing is the biggest the biggest yeah. factor that people are going to enjoy kind of going up into com block 2 or comp block 1 excuse me was the uh you know, I haven't taken this long period since we last did a really big squat cycle. It feels like I haven't trained super heavy for months and months. And now I'm getting thrown a test that might ask me to do a one rep max. And I feel like I haven't had that strength or that opportunity to, to develop my strength. Well, now you have this opportunity directly before the season kind of gets into full swing to make sure that, you know, you've spent the entire year fixing how you move. Now you take that skill work and you transfer it into strength work, which means that you can combine those two to create power which is what our sport tests day in and day out.
0: Um, yeah. And the the other thing that I'll say about, about test week and where we're at currently is just that culture shift. That's so exciting for me. Every conversation that I've had so far this week and every message that I've received has been about either Maffetone, their Maffetone test or the aerobic CrossFit test. And great that's the perfect segue from hunter saying you know your back squat's not the reason why you're not qualifying for these things right so having that culture shift and having athletes comparing these certain things i would say uh you know the comparison is the thief of joy definitely applies to the mafetone method do not like egos terrible where where where, when and where it shows up is going to be totally different right so so don't don't go in and compare that also like Austin was saying something about comparing his to Luca, his heart rate, he's, he's seven years older. So his heart rate is seven beats lower. So he's, you know, you know, being in those places so that there, there is no one-to-one comparison The machines are going to be totally different for you versus running biking versus rowing. They're all going to be very different. And based on musculature, your age, all these different things. So, so be careful in terms of comparing that. Um, Thinking of Austin after saying that, I do have to give him a shout out because he was the only person that I saw that directly followed my advice when it came to that (laughs) when it came to that aerobic test. So um, basically what people did is they either assumed for whatever reason that they could hold a 145 row for basically 24 minutes, knowing that the other movements are metabolically more demanding than that row um, as a whole coming back to the rower. So essentially yep, with you so far, I walked up to Austin and said, what happens on the rower stays on the rower. <laughs> but, but what I meant by that was it's the only true variable. If we were to go into the open and it was AMRAP 24 minutes, 40, what, what did it start with? Wall balls, 20, 20 wall, wall balls, 20 wall balls, 300 meter row, 40 double unders. Um, if that was the case, your top 10 scores in the entire world to the naked eye would look fake. They would look exactly the same as as their counterparts and the rounds would look exactly the same. And that's because the only variable that there would be at the highest levels is their row average round around and over the course of the entire thing. If that is the case, then you need to begin at a rowing pace that makes that possible like I watched him from I was doing my marathon test on the treadmill and then I was over doing some, you know, accessory work and I watched him and his transitions stayed that way the entire time. So all of these people who he would admit are better rowers than him, better at the cardio style workout, better at a 24 minute amrap, he beat them because he knew that that's the name of the game. And this is the time of year where if you forget that, if you get that wrong, you lose to someone who is not, yeah, exactly. Who's not as fit as you. So, um, but again, just to to sort of cut that short now that I've gone long, if that makes any sense, it's just nice to see that culture the, shift. The athlete IQ
1: thing is super important. You know, there's some conversation you and I had actually yesterday when we were talking about this exact test is that those movements have a finite speed. There are things in CrossFit that we do that can only be done really at one speed. Like, yes, you could maybe argue you could go, 32 wall balls in a minute versus 34 wall balls in a minute. That's not a huge variance in a workout like that. Or, you know, someone could do 90 double arms a minute or 110 double arms a minute, but that's not a dramatic change. So the transitions in the row are the game there. And to me, it's, it's using the entire season and asking yourself, Hey, I've taken all this information in. I need to now use it when it matters. And we are getting very close to that part of the season where all the data you've collected, now needs to be like laid out in front of you, and you can make those connections between. This is how it feels going at this pace versus that how it goes on that pace. The transitions matter, and more in this workout, how I'm efficient in this workout matters more. So it's an opportunity to take the year's worth of work and start being very, very focused and understanding how things are going to play out, so that when you go into a piece like this, you're not trying to guess in the middle of it. You've done enough work throughout the entire season to be confident that your approach is the right one. And you know, he had a conversation with me before it because I did it early in the afternoon, and I was just like. I held somewhere between like a one fifty four and a one fifty eight and that allowed me to stay pretty tough. You'll be tough in the transition, so try to hold somewhere around there and be tough and he did, and he evidenced by him beating everybody that I've seen by a good margin, so
0: yeah, and I think b- before moving on, it's important just to say, uh, I'm disappointed, not mad. I will be actually mad if you do that again in retest week, so anybody <laughs> out there that just decided. I all of a sudden am the best rower in the world and can row in the 140s for twenty four minutes with all these other things Your mixed in. That Sorry. Was a lie. Um <laughs> if you have been living under a rock, um, I'm only saying that because this is our podcast. Not that um, bad. A CrossFitter's Guide. <laughs> CrossFitters Guide to Zone Two Training article is up. Misfitathletics.com. <clears throat> Click on the blog. Tab. Uh, is it a tab? the link i don't blog know. it's something click on the blog link and then click on crossfitters guide to zone 2 training um make sure as this becomes the like thing of the moment and it's exciting that your morning movement and your weekly work that's where two of the three days live those are the two mandatory days the non-mandatory day is that tuesday in line with the programming so again if you're like sort of skipping over that because you have your own version of morning movement or weekly work, you are going to miss out on those sessions. Um, and I will say I've gotten some fairly hilarious messages that will probably come up in the Q and A today. But if you don't know what I meant by 180 dash age, that means for me I'm 35 years old. 180 minus my age in math. 180 minus 35 is 145 scary the nine Mm -hmm. it's not on the elemental chart that's what that means so if you were looking at it and you were like 180 dash age what the hell are you talking about
3: that's that's what that meant there i remember going into our spreadsheets and being like people are gonna fuck this up like not (laughs) not not like not people being like everybody else is stupid it's like we are not communicating this like it's not going to be clear like this is people is, is this a math formula is this like a a header, like what is this? So yeah. Um, it is a math formula. (laughs) And then I just, I want to say, thank you.
0: I I would say the most positive feedback we've ever received, um, came from phase three. And I just want to say thanks to the people that reached out. Um, it makes us feel good. It gives us proof of concept. Um, feedback doesn't have to be positive. Um, so, so just, just, Thanks for reaching out and letting us know those things. We take a really deep dive into how we program, why we program the way that we do. You know, we review what we did last year during this time and we make adjustments. Um, So to know that there were specific things that felt like they really moved the needle even more than usual within phase three, us knowing that is super important. And then of course, the other side of the coin is like, like, I typically and go into advice giving mode at this time when there's negative feedback, but sometimes it is just straight up like, yes, we, we want to make an adjustment um, when it comes to this stuff. Quarter finals prep camp at Misfit HQ, March 12th and 13th. You can get your tickets at misfit.camp with The athletes that we know that are signing up from our affiliate, we are in the single digits for available tickets left right now. So if you're on the fence with this, uh, you got to start making some moves there um, or tickets are going to sell out. And um, I really don't see a scenario where we add more tickets just based on trying to give the best experience that we possibly can, making sure that there's a good coach to athlete ratio, all that good stuff. And if you have signed up or you're thinking about signing up and you're trying to figure out your travel plans, um, we've said it before, but March 11th is 22.3. Um, and we would like you to come do it with us at Misfit in Portland. Once you sign up, you will eventually get an email to whatever you signed up with telling you how you can sign up for that, all that good stuff. So March 12th and 13th, Misfit.camp for Misfit Quarter Finals prep
1: for everyone. I've gotten a few DMS about this specifically. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want to waste your guys's time. I might not be the caliber of athlete. Nah. This is not a, Hey, if you don't go to the games, you're wasting our time. This is literally for anyone who's interested in improving their capacity and want to know more about the sport. Or maybe you're a coach and they're trying to figure out like, what can I pick up to bring back to my affiliate or to my athletes? So it is for everyone. Just want to throw that PSA out one last time. So that if you're on the fence and you don't feel like it's for you, it, it is, you know, it's also for everyone
0: coming and the talking trip. to us oh. at wadapalooza next Cheer. week um we we get we, we definitely get some people and and the three of us definitely understand it we get some people that want to come say hi and talk shop and shoot the shit and just feel like i don't know we're fake crossfit celebrities or something like that we would much <laughs> rather be standing there talking shop with you than Um, doing some other things that come with the level of notoriety in the game so that we prefer hanging with the community and doing that please come up to us and say hi Um, we will be at the sharpen the axe booth a decent amount and you know sort of in the back coaching and running around doing all that crazy stuff but we will be at wadapalooza come see us the gear is pretty dope too lots of good good We're not going to spend too much time on this, but, uh, we are in the past or future, depending on how you want to look at it. And, uh, someone by the name of David Castro was fired last night by CrossFit HQ. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, like we don't do like a, like a news segment and like get into that, but this is like such a big thing that, not saying anything about it also feels kind of weird. Um, I would like to see a bit more, hear different sides of the story, know what sort of went on. I can't say I was shocked that it happened right before the open, but I can't say that I was super surprised just in terms of, I think, where they want to go with with image For better or worse, not going to make a comment on that, but where they want to go with that and maybe some of the connections to the old HQ and and all that stuff. What I can say is, you know, sort of as a shout out and I've told this story before, but I learned more about what CrossFit was and what programming should be like and stimulus and like all the seeds for what we do from the very first open workout than I did from anything that happened before that day. So, you know, the, the, the community, was all local competitions. It was all 700 pound deadlifts and muscle up back flips and all that. And then he said, how about some power snatch and double unders? Um, and <laughs> like, it was like, Oh, that that's the lightest barbell ever. Whereas now, like we all know, even a 75 pound barbell is atrocious. Yeah. dangerous. You can, you can make it hurt. So, um, I will, I will give credit where credit's due. I think he's, for better or worse also in certain times stuck to what he believed was sort of that right path. And for the open to start that way, like that truly set me down a much different path with the way that I thought about working out and coaching and programming and all that stuff. You know, you're putting a body bag by the simplest, simplest things that there were. So um, I don't know if you guys have any
1: comments, if you want to stay away from it. I mean, I'm not surprised by what happened. It's one of those things where the new leadership came in, there was that old guard, new guard type of thing. And, you know, I know they tried to send him to like leadership things because he obviously has a background in leadership. He was in, you know, he's a Navy SEAL. He has some level of responsibility working on that team. And then were the CrossFit games. But to me, it just feels like an, an image. Thing. To who? They're, yeah. Uh, it just seems like an image thing uh, for CrossFit, they're trying to find someone new that they can put at the front there that they probably think will kind of maybe walk the line a little bit more and kind of be with the company ethos versus someone that could potentially go a little bit wild card. And I I mean, I appreciate the, the, like the villain aspect of it. I think it was kind of a fun thing. They probably played out maybe a little bit too much, but the, uh, the, the change of hands, I'm, I'm sure it's going to end up in the right person's hands. Eventually. I don't know if it will forever be Justin Berg, but you know, excited to see how that goes. And, I don't think anything's gonna change. Eric, I'm available to program the games. Oh, all right, there you go. There's your sound bite. Yeah, it's your team right here.
3: You need a guy. Need the guys. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I guess I'm not necessarily surprised. Like it wouldn't have surprised me to say to hear that it would happen eventually. But I I don't know. I I guess I am a little bit surprised because the yeah, I'll, I'll say I'm a little bit surprised given that like the openness of what seemed like you know castro hey if you want to like keep if you want to keep your job like you need to make some changes and it seemed like that worked and so i'll reserve like any comments on that until we learn a little bit more about what and why that happened um i think my my only concern with it is that like it, it it's it i i'm i would be concerned if crossfit starts to go like in the complete opposite direction like we go from complete and total like grassroots with glassman um you know call it call it whatever you wanted but like it was much more of just like hey affiliates you guys are on your own and i think that was by design and now it's and now i'm worried that the pendulum is going to swing so far in the opposite direction with you know somebody who has been in who's been suc- bit successful in business for such a long time. And I don't know nearly enough about business to, to like contend with that. But there, I, I worry that I I'm worried that CrossFit is going to trend in a direction of just like almost like everything else, like this, this massive like political correctness movement of not being able to have somebody like Dave Castro, who's not afraid to tell somebody how it is or like, maybe talk a little bit of shit to an athlete or something, or like someone in the back. Like if someone does something stupid and Castro like points it out or something like that, I, I don't know. I, I guess I worry that the, the direction of the sport is and CrossFit as a whole is going to go like fucking soft serve, like creamy soft serve yeah. on me. Um, but I, I think that's probably a, a, an exaggeration on my part, but I, cause I, I, I respected him. I understand that there's like,
1: there's a line there, but I don't... It reminds me of the, like, the tip of the spear dis- thing from years ago. disappointing to me. You know, the the idea that this was fringe at first and only like the operators and the serious athletes of the world did it. And there was that attitude and to it early on that it's this mystical thing that only like these elite athletes can do. And that kind of trickled down to the affiliates. And I think that carried cross for a long time. So I, I agree with you. I don't want to see it swing fully in the other direction where they, we're told what to buy, what to do at our affiliates. So... There is that level of I want to live somewhere in the middle, and maybe Dave's no longer the person to carry us into the future. But I also don't want to swing completely the other direction either. I think
3: there, there's a lot too, and I was talking to Caroline about this this morning. <clears throat> is that like part like Castro was also part of the CrossFit Games experience? Like as an athlete, like you knew what you were getting into, and you were as an athlete, you're you're like yeah, I want to go to the games because I know this dude's gonna fuck my shit up. Like he's gonna like this will be like the hardest physical thing I've ever done sort of thing. And there's that, the element of like, yeah, I'm going to take on that challenge. Like Castro has been running people through a, a cheese grater for 10 yeah. years now. Like I want to like get me right. in line. I want to be there. And I think I I would not be surprised to hear athletes come out and say like, there's a little bit, something missing about the season, about the, maybe the motivation to get there. Not right. that Proving him wrong Not was a big. That part athlete, from, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not that athletes are like, oh, I want to, I want to hang out with Dave Castro. It's like, no, I want to, like, I want to break his workout, like we saw him do this year with the the yoke carry and the sandbag thing. Like athletes like that, they're just like, sure, they yeah. want to, they want somebody to be able to be like, hey, fuck you, man. But to play but devil's I'll advocate, then athletes
0: like, never know when the events are, when they're supposed to be anywhere. Like, there's a level of like, and I don't even know that that was his job, but like, yeah. like that mystique portion of it a lot of it was
3: literally just i mean, yeah maybe that's what am not knowing it was. what the hell is yeah happening. maybe maybe it was a an
1: internal team thing it, like who, who knows you watch the but, 2018 games documentary they're, they're testing things up to like an hour or two before the event actually kicks off so yeah. that is a very realistic possibility that like right. they're not fully sure what things are going to go like until they're doing those last minute things which for an athlete trying to prepare themselves and yeah there's the whole like a line about unknown unknowable just a little bit unprofessional. And I'm sure that probably irks some of them that they got to go hang out in a corral for two hours standing upright before they have to go do a max lift or something like that. True.
0: All right. Uh, and perfect segue into today's Q and a episode. Um, again, we're going to try to try to make sure that we have a and a episode at the beginning of each phase or competition block. Uh, we are also currently in the process of building the misfit athletics discord server. Um, Just to, if you're not already on Discord and know what it is, uh, one of the things that we have been trying to figure out over the last handful of years is this idea of the attention economy going away from blogs and websites now to social media um and then it's moved into places like discord or clubhouse or you know who knows twitter spaces Mm. live instagram all of these different places we want somewhere for the community to be able to come together one singular place And be a community and talk about things and get exclusive access to, you know, to certain things because we know that you've sort of taken that extra leap to get into the community and talk to people. So um, keep your eye out on our social media for that to figure out how to sign up and how to join Um, we've got channels in there for the MFT program, for the hatchet program. We can talk about workouts. You can post scores, ask people for advice, whatever it is. We're really trying to find a singular place to bring the community back together and communicate. Um, because that is truly the like roots of of how we started. Um, and I think it's something that we have to figure out how to bring back together. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And now Q and a.
2: All right. We're going old school. I'm going to moderate these for you guys. Uh, we'll, start, yes. we'll start with these two questions just because they kind of happened <clears throat> outside of the question and answer podcast, but uh, we still felt that they were important to answer. So from Sarah321Go, I have a question about the Maffetone method. I'd like to get better at running, but I'm wondering if it will translate over into the sport as much as rowing, for example. I'm probably overthinking it. I was also wondering if doing steady state cardio twice a week is a good idea. Like if I did one day of rowing and one day of running, I appreciate you guys. So, um,
0: running I is tackle the
2: last part of that.
0: Running is probably the best one that you can do just because again, we talk all the time about supporting your own body weight being out there. Um, one of the things that can happen is you can make a, a, real big change to your slow twitch musculature in your legs, um, which will translate very well into your front squats and your, you know, this and that, a bunch of different movements where you would feel that fatigue, but without that breathing component that you get from supporting your body weight, um, you're sort of leaving certain things on the table. So there could be a particular athlete who has a pretty good motor but legs burn out all the time. And then I would stick them right on the, right on the C2 bike. Um, But I believe that running is, you know, if there was one thing that someone was going to do, that's what it would be in terms of how to choose and how often to go. On the misfit athletics programming, um, you are going to see one day a week where it's non-mandatory, one day where it's in your morning movement, and then it's also going to be in the weekly work. So we believe up to three times per week is appropriate and necessary for certain people who are trying to develop that stuff. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, Hunter Hunter alluded to to wanting to address part of the question. For me, I would need to know more about the athlete to know whether I would ask them to run. I wouldn't, I don't think I would ask an athlete to run three days a week. I don't think the return is there in terms of what would happen to your feet and your ankles. The pounding's definitely Um, difficult there. That would be challenging. So I would have to know more about the athlete, but it's definitely okay to mix up the machines.
3: I think you can definitely build into if you were to try to run three times a week. Like you said, I don't think it's like necessary for a CrossFitter um, necessarily, but the... I the way that i heard the second half of that question is like would it be good to do two sessions was uh, i think this is a question that other people might have because i've answered it before and it's mm-hmm. just like am i going to get weaker by doing more like of the slow cardio and can i chime in Anyone seen sophie shaft <laughs> recently um yeah i'm work i'm working on it okay yeah you you can talk about her next um but from personal personal uh anecdote is that i've done it i've been doing it for a couple months now i guess probably closer to like six months because i was doing it over the summer um at least probably twice a week almost religiously sometimes even a third or a fourth time in the week if i'm for 45 minutes or so if i'm feeling okay uh or if i if i want to do something a little bit lower intensity and i've i've gotten like noticeably stronger over after doing just sticking with just affiliate class and then occasionally adding the additional um and you had aerobic work some some injury tweaks which i think sort of
0: plays into this where like i don't know how your knees are doing yeah recently but the idea that you're going to get weaker by developing a secondary set of musculature is kind of silly.
3: Yeah, no, I think you like you if you if that's the only thing you do, then sure. But I think there's just there's so much unexplored territory within the strength and conditioning community about mixing the extremes of our modalities like nope, no other sport is doing like find a one rep max deadlift one day and then a 60 minute Metcon the same or the next day. You know, we don't we don't have data on that. But in like based on myself, Sophie, Caroline, just about as many athletes as we've run through the the it is possible like nobody is nobody's getting weaker nobody we don't need to like go back and be like all right let's get the strength back up to match the aerobic capacity the aerobic capacity is going up and people are getting a lot stronger
0: i think you need to be very careful of let's say for argument's sake you work out five hours a week and now you work out seven or eight hours a week yeah i think what people are referencing without knowing it is a calorie surplus or deficit so if you're going in and training your way to an unwanted 20 or 30 pound weight loss then that's going to be your problem and we all know mass moves mass so even the same person with that you know similar musculature that weighs 20
3: or 30 pounds less that is going to be an issue i've somehow gotten heavier but i'm not going to attribute that to zone two work
0: (laughs) I would love to hear her the connection. I, me too.
1: <laughs> more, more cookies. I don't oh, think you. I don't think you need snacks. the full. We've we've done that on like four podcasts. So you no, know, all I was gonna add to that was the fitter you get as a whole, the stronger you're gonna get. One of the best strength accessory programs is getting in better shape, and this has made the biggest difference in her training. Was adding more of this long aerobic work in, and it's clearly indicating that oh, she is getting is fitter dogi. and stronger. <laughs> Because in the last I don't know yeah, month or so we've PR'd I'm five or six different lifts with <laughs> lifting being the least you know important element in her training currently. Think I mean think about it like
3: this. So another personal anecdote: we've started our back squat phase in the at the affiliate level. Monday was our first five by five, and I noticed as I kept getting and I've I've obviously squatted between then and and prior, but like. I probably could have rested like two minutes and then right. fine. Yeah. Like my, after a five by five session, usually my legs feel like, like bricks. They're just fatigued. I finished the session. I'm like, okay, like I don't even did my, my legs didn't feel any different. Yeah. And that translates hugely That's crazy. to the, bladder the death by all those sorts of things wait 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 going
1: slow a couple times a week is better than like toe spacers and you know leg squeezers and secret 48 inch deficit handstand exactly
0: um yeah yeah. and, and and for me i think it makes sense that you're talking about like your legs coming back quicker and one of the worst workouts that i've done in a very long time the affiliate version of the Ski front
3: squat. Ski front squat. Under my
0: heart rate settling in the rest period is like dropping like 20 beats lower than it normally would. Yeah. Like, like some astronomical number. Normally yeah. I stay in the orange
3: and now I'm all the way down in the blue and the green. And yeah. It's my lovely. problem now is that I have to, I have to try a lot harder in Metcons to like. <laughs> shut <Shucks>. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll i finish and trying. I'll be like, ah, oh, I didn't, didn't feel like I, it kind of hurt, but I didn't feel like I. I need to try harder. You dropped a new engine in there. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get after it. <laughs> I dropped a fucking Ferrari engine in a Camry.
2: What's <laughs> wrong with Camry's? Mercedes. Uh, Mercedes. <laughs> All right. What you All got right. Ted. All right, Drew. Do you want me to read this whole question from Holly? Yep. It's, a, it's a longer question. You it's can uh, feel free to okay. summarize. All right. Uh, so from Holly Myers, this this came through our uh, support channel here. Uh, I hope one- you listen to the podcast. <laughs> I'm wondering if you have any podcast episodes on getting back into the game after a long break or would do one in the future. I'm by no means a games athlete, but I'm pretty competitive in my local gym. Uh, Love missing workouts easily landed in top three to 5% of the open every year. Uh, Switch since switching gyms uh, and starting a new job, I've completely fallen off the wagon. The mental block of realizing I can barely complete a piece of or two of hatchet is almost greater than my physical capacity. Uh, I'm trying to get, ramped back up without injury uh, and my brain and body fight to figure out what's my true physical ability now. Uh, so advice on getting back into the gym after a long time off. I know um, we
0: pass it over to sure, but
1: I might have the best <laughs> go for it. <laughs> Not an easy thing to answer right up front, but my first thing code, I say God damn it, is going to Sher- be, <laughs> Hey, what, what brings you back? What's the thing that has inspired you to want to get back in the game? Because that needs, needs to be the baseline question. What about getting back into being competitive is is the driving factor? And hopefully for you, it's the enjoyment of seeing what your body can do or trying to push yourself to that level. Um, I have personally experienced this having gone through getting pretty fit, then kind of falling out of shape then getting back fit again, falling out of shape. And this is something that we've talked about recently with decided I want to try to be a little bit more competitive again, which means that I'll have to do a little bit more training than I had been because I've been doing like affiliate stuff. And... We actually joke about this every once in a while where people in like affiliate class, seeing as we were former competitors, start to get a little close. And we're like, ah, you know what? We got to get back on the zone, too, or make sure we don't skip our squat. The easy code is loud. I don't give a shit about my score as long as it's, no one gets close as long as nobody gets close to it. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think having the right reasons is step one. And then step two, realizing that's not going to happen all at once and maybe pick the low hanging fruit there and try to find the biggest thing you can make a change in early on to try to see if you can restoke that fire that got you excited in the first place when you started being a competitor. For a lot of athletes, you know, hitting that first snatch PR or winning a local competition or just kind of having the like pat on the back of, you know, I enjoy racing my fellow competitors and it feels good to like race. You know, that can be the reason why you go back into it. But I would like you to start with figuring out what the why is and making sure that's a solid reason that's not going to change. Like in a week from now, when you, you know, one week it's a, I did a great piece and I feel excited. and I want to be a competitor. And the next week I have a, a bad squat session and I'm like, throw the papers in the air, you know, fuck all this.
3: You want to go? You look like you're excited to answer. No, I'm going in clockwise order. Uh, I I think the, so yes, that's an important, that's an important part of it. You should establish like your, I think not to, not to say that that wasn't a good answer, but it's, it's establishing, (laughs) it's, it's, it's uh, to me, it's more (laughs) about reestablishing like your expect, your own expectations and certainly goals. It's like, is Are you going from I was really competitive to I dropped off completely to I'm getting back in the gym or is it more just like I was working out like the hatchet level stuff was was great for me. I had to take some time off now I'm just getting back and trying to get back to that point. Um, either way, I think the, the best thing you can do is, is have fun with it is to take like, give yourself a little bit of a break for the first, you know, couple weeks or month or so, just whether that means taking affiliate class instead, which I, I, you know, I can't recommend enough for that sort of thing. Um, but it's also just like do things that you enjoyed. Like if you're doing, if you were doing zero fitness before, and now you're looking to do fitness Any form of fitness is going to move the needle. And so if you're concerned about having the motivation internally, like do do the thing that is going to make you exercise and you will slowly start to rebuild that confidence. And obviously your overall fitness and then you can, you know, start to get back to where you were. But it would the don't don't overdo it. You you're not you know, you you're probably one of those athletes who is. Capable of anytime, anytime I take like a week or two weeks off, or I'll go on vacation and come back. The, everybody knows that feeling. The first couple workouts annihilate you, but it's like, it, it, and the problem is, is that I know that I can like go really hard in this workout. What's going to happen to me after? Like, we'll find out. And if that's going to put you in a grave where to the point where it's like, I can't, I can't even work out again the next day, then you're, you're kind of nullifying the whole point. So, Ease back into it and and just do the things that are going to make it worthwhile or fun.
0: Yeah, this one hits me in the feels. Uh, People thinking, the combination of people thinking that I am fitter than I am and people having an expectation of what the owner of Misfit Athletics should have for a fitness level or regimen or whatever (laughs) has literally stopped me from exercising for long stretches of time. Um, the idea of being so stuck in the competitor mindset and not being able to live up to, to the expectations, you know, setting expectations for myself that had no business with, you know, being in the same neighborhood as my fitness level. So, um, my advice is to start a new chapter, holy, start a new chapter today. You, you go into the gym and this is your first time in the gym with a new mindset and a new attitude, a new goal. And you compare yourself to this new chapter each time you go through. So I'll give you an example. In the past, I if eight by 500 meter row with one minute rest came up in class, it would be really hard for me to hold under a two minute pace for the entire thing. You know, cue the laughter. Um, what I would have done in the past is start in the low 140s and go up to like a 205. I would have been somewhere in that range. So yesterday I was like, I'm going to hold a 158 for this whole thing which I still wasn't sure that I could do. I held between like a 151 and a 154 the whole time, which is really it's fucking PR, yeah. good for me. With my old mindset that never would have happened. With my old mindset, I would have been comparing myself to an expectation set by somebody else or an expectation that you know, maybe even for for Holly, it's an expectation of who she used to be as an athlete. So it's <clears throat> it's just really important to 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 start over in comparison to yourself is really important, but it's comparison to yourself in this chapter. So you got your first squat session coming up and you're only comparing your second one to your first one and, you know, keep moving through we
3: that. Had, I had a, an affiliate athlete ask a similar question and they, they actually like, I didn't even prompt them to say this. I can't remember who it was, but they were basically like, yeah, I'm coming. Oh, it was someone who is coming off of a Pregnancy and they hadn't trained for like two months or so a month or two month and they were just like, yeah, I'm going to basically treat this as if like I'm relearning everything. So any poor movement patterns and stuff like that that they had, they kind of they were like, you know what, that's like that's old me kind of exactly like you're saying. And now I'm I'm going to relearn all these things that coaches were telling me to do. But I had ingrained so many bad habits in my mind that I just couldn't make those corrections. Well, You also have a pretty good opportunity now to, you know, fix the nuts and bolts of things too. Yeah. My timeline to be happier
0: and live longer is much longer than like, I got to get ready for the open so I can take it one tenth of a (laughs) second at a time. All right, Misfits, just a quick break to shout out our show sponsors and hopefully save you a little bit of money. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Sharpen the Axe. Normally we say you can head to sharpentheaxeco.com, but you can head to the Sharpen the Axe booth, Bayfront Park, Miami, Florida. This week, we are going to be at Wadapalooza. We have been holding on to some really, really cool shit. Some stuff that you haven't seen in a while. Some exclusive items. If you buy all of them there, then people won't be able to buy them online and Do you'll it. feel even cooler.
3: You'll feel better about yourself. Let's say there
0: is some left over when we get back, it could potentially make its way onto the site and that's sharpentheaxeco.com. Use the code word Kiela, but it is important to say we can't wait to see you guys and show our gear at Wadapalooza.
1: We're also brought to you by Pure Spectrum. You can do Pure Spectrum CBD. Use the code Misfit to save on any order. A big topic today is how can I get more from the training? A Q&A podcast, lots of questions. One of the best ways there is to supplement your recovery. Pure Spectrum CBD has awesome products for that regard. You got salves, you got tinctures, you got gummies, and probably have some, uh, what is that? Uh, what's the soak that you do? Epsom salt bath. They have yep. tons of products that are all about your recovery. So again, you can head to Pure Spectrum CBD. Use the code word Misfit to save on your order.
3: And you can also... Head to properfuel.co for your pre- and post-workout nutrition. Um, we got the pre-STEM and non-STEM. For those of you who maybe work out in the latter half of the day, don't need that caffeine bump before you head to bed. Uh, for you early morning warriors, God bless your soul. Grab the caffeinated version. Slug that slug that thing. Two scoops, you know, 20, 30 minutes. Leave, one scoop. Hi, leave time. One scoop. <laughs> one scoop. Two or, I don't know, four or five scoops four or five scoops just uh have a plan for the bath no just kidding um and your post-workout nutrition i am going to pack i don't know four or five hundred of these single serve packets to take to Miami. uh they're not for you they are for me but you can get them at (laughs) properfuel.co and use the code word misfit to save on your first order
0: if you like our YouTube channel, our podcast, the content that we put on on Instagram and all these other crazy places, the best thing that you can do to support us is to head to MisfitAthletics.com or the TeamMisfit.com website for your affiliate programming. You like that? You like that? Uh, the Sugarwad Marketplace, if that is your style, you can also head to Misfit.camp and sign up for quarterfinals prep camp March 12th and 13th, nine or less who knows at the time that this airs tickets are left so uh get in there get signed up learn some shit have fun with the community all that good stuff we'll see you there all right back to the show
2: all right uh so this one comes from javi gc 97 two exercises to recommend to your worst enemy Ooh.
1: To your how, worst how are we gonna answer
2: is, is that a like
3: I hate you. I want you to die, haze sort you, of yeah. thing. Like I want to haze you, Sound or like is hazing. that like, like two exercises question. to make sure that they never get anywhere near my fitness level? <laughs> you are overthinking this, my friend. Uh, <laughs> two exercises to recommend to your worst enemy.
1: Wait. To thrusters and assault Matt bike, mad sit-ups, and that is that is what
0: they're looking for, just without the attitude attached
3: to it. <laughs> the attitude, okay, sorry, fair enough. Sorry, I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm trying to. I'm sorry. trying to uh, so just say thrusters and assault bike right, again in yeah, your all right, nice so I'm voice. Gonna, I, let's we'll treat it like what is the worst two movement combination in the history of the planet, and it's. I it, I feel like it's got to be like a either like thrusters and burpees or rowing and burpees i feel like i feel like rowing and burpees is just gonna it'll fuck you up 10 times out of 10 you could you could fuck up writing a workout with thrusters and burpees and make it like less good but you're gonna have a hard time making a rowing and burpee or bike and burpee workout not on a salt bike
1: what's that running an assault bike might be, little, there might be a little biased there, but it doesn't sound like
3: I am um, going to
0: up the ante a little bit, uh, running with a sandbag because you can't really, and I do me running. You have to jog. What's that like? <laughs> Cause, Cause you're referencing something where I can do those things. Just go slow. Um, and probably burpee box jump overs. That really seems to, it's for me, I like that I get to be a little bit more dynamic, but if I had to watch the pain and suffering, of the community at large, burpee box jump overs really fuck people up.
3: Yeah, bad. I just like the accessibility of burpees. It's
0: like no matter where you are. Are you guys um, so excited for the sandbag run burpee box jump
3: over workout that just got programmed in my head? Um, <laughs> fuck no,
0: yeah, I'm, be I'm skipping day. it.
3: <laughs> All right, nice. Good question. All right, this one comes. <laughs> <Fucking hot. laughs> I wanted to be clear of the stipulations. You got to give us details. If you're going to
2: ask one like that,
0: you don't need to give me details. I know what you're asking.
2: (laughs) All right. This one comes from unofficial Rob Paul thoughts on whether or not THC should come off of the banned substance list.
1: Hell yeah.
2: Um, (laughs) I mean,
0: it's, this is a much larger topic. It's silly, at least in the United States that people drink themselves to death. Um, and deal with hangovers and crash cars and kill people and that there's still prohibition on a plant that does like a percentage of that. Most of that to people um, might that, that allegedly that I think might give my answer as a whole. I do believe though, that you're only not allowed to have a certain concentration during competition. If I remember correctly, based on the rules, that's how it is within a lot of governing bodies right now. They don't test for it in USADA that Nick Diaz was the guy who was stoned in the ring and that's how he got in trouble. Um, sounds fairly unsafe. There could be some issues with head trauma, um, maybe why he made that decision and what would be bad about it. Uh, <laughs> they've gotten rid of it in the NBA, in the NFL. So, Yeah. Um, I believe the time is coming for that to change, but I don't really think it's that much of a rule now. Anyways, to no, be honest, not so either.
1: I look at it as, as medicine. So I mean, that's the way I think of the marijuana plant is it's medicine and THC helps some people, you know, deal with some things that maybe we better use for like therapy, but also you should be able to medicate yourself. If that helps you, it allows you to be less anxious and allows you to sleep better. Or maybe you helps, helps you eat if you're someone that doesn't like to eat. And that's the, the medium that helps you, I have, I have a problem with it. I'm, I live more in the world of like, you know, certain things probably should be illegal, but to me, this is not one of those items.
3: Yeah, I, I don't, I don't really see it as performance enhancing. Like, mm. if that's the baseline question, it's no, like that's it's not no. Gonna... There's,
0: so there's in within mm. that list, there are like you can't test positive for this, and you can think of a million different reasons mm-hmm. why it would be the case, but you cannot do like illegal drugs. I don't think it's considered performance. I I suspect
3: it has a lot to do with the fact that it's just still federally illegal. Maybe once that goes away, it won't be an issue, but from, from like a, a, if uh, clearly that doesn't, it doesn't matter that much if the NBA and NFL have stopped testing for it. So I just, I don't see it as a, as something that's as something that's worth like restricting what an athlete can or can't do. Right.
2: All right. While we're on the topic of substances, Ryan Daniels, 33, uh, why and how does alcohol affect progress? I
1: actually actually listened to a talk at this, my freshman year at college and they brought all the athletes. And I think it's probably more of a like, Hey, don't binge drink seven nights a week, kind of like a, one of those PSAs. But what's actually interesting about that is that it affects your recovery immensely it fucks with your ability to REM sleep and create like new skills and new, you know, build information. And then more so for performance, it essentially resets your enzymes in your body that are cued in different directions, either up or down-regulated to, to help you perform at your highest level and essentially wipes the slate clean. And I'd I have to go back and like, we were sent notes on this so I could go back and tell you exactly what enzymes were affected north or south. But the interesting part there is that your body, as you train more and more, makes organic adaptions inside your own tissues to propel you to be either more powerful or have better endurance. And that a lot of this stuff gets deleted or erased or reset because of alcohol abuse. So I, I don't see as al- alcohol serving in the same way that maybe marijuana does. Um, I do realize that some people use it to unwind. I would just be very cautious of that. If Performing at your highest level, you think that you can also binge drink? I mean, there are professional athletes that do have that. Like Jordan Pryor, I think, is the guy from the Bills, the safety, that has had a problem with alcohol and obviously plays in the NFL. So has clearly overcome that. But for more often than not, I think it impedes your ability to perform at your highest level. So why would you want to put a substance in your body that's going to impede your ability to perform at your best?
3: I don't I don't think I'm quite smart enough on this the the only thing that i remember reading is or learning about it is basically like the way that it's digested um is that all other almost all other processes like within your body and please one of you two, correct me if i'm wrong is like stop in order to process the alcohol so if you're drinking it like let's say at night in the it's almost like It's kind of like doing a workout, like right before you go to bed, you basically your body starts to allocate all available resources to digest the alcohol and get rid of it in your system. And that'll prevent you from getting into any sort of deep sleep or REM sleep and and that sort of thing. Yeah, the answer uh, is actually
0: extremely simple and probably just a little bit meaner than what you said. It's poison. Uh, Yes. Yeah, yeah, so so uh, it's ethanol. So you go fill up your car and it tells you how much ethanol you're putting into your tank. That's what is making someone have that feeling of euphoria. Um, and it's poison to your body. So when your body knows that the poison is coming in, just like it would, you know, have a overreaction to, you know, an immune, you know, challenge or something like that, you have a virus, whatever your body is not going to do basically anything else your body's number one goal when there is ethanol within your body is to burn it that's why it's a diuretic that's why you know you get hot when you drink alcohol that's why bad things happen when you drink alcohol. That's why your stomach gets super fucked up when you drink alcohol um not only does it mess with your gut biome but again you're not going to digest very well while you're drinking so i mean you're i'm sitting here saying that it's poison and all that and I've been known to have a chardonnay or two so what of it um it's really just uh, a personal choice you if you're a serious athlete if you're if you're a serious <laughs> you're athlete uh, it it does not belong in anywhere near your normal routine not even in with the fucking vicinity I mean, there's a reason Can why
1: you see cross games athletes at the end of the season be like I'm having my celebratory beers because they have right. spent the entire season avoiding those things yeah. because everything in their day is about How do I perform my best? Right, It's all pluses
0: pluses and minuses. If you have so many credits in that side, you have this tiny little debit, it's not a big deal. If you don't work that hard and you drink a bunch, you're fucked in the sport of CrossFit.
1: We won't hurry.
2: We won't hear of you. It won't happen. (laughs) All right. Um, This one's from Guts Justin 24. I don't know if it's Guts Guts. or goose. I like that. Uh, Not really a QA, but kudos to you guys for keeping me motivated 99% of the time. Wonder what we're doing that one percent. What's of the one percent? I want to know. <laughs> Thanks for yeah. the end. Thank right. you. Shout out to you. <laughs> That's our goal, buddy. Uh, nice work. So the next question is from J. Dot uh, What's the program week look like during the open? <clears throat> um, it's not going to change.
3: What are not fucking leaving next. <laughs> okay. You, it, it, okay. I'll give a little more context. Historically, when the open comes around because of its importance to the season, it was, Hey, we train Monday, Tuesday, flush day, Wednesday, primer day, Thursday, workout execution on Friday, Saturday and Sunday, get, shift it around a little bit depending on what you want to do as far as a retest on one of those or even on the following Monday. Um and in the past, athletes will retest the workout, the open workout on Monday and then do like their additional training kind of business as usual. That open workout was just basically a training piece for them. Um this year, I don't remember if we did it last year as well, but there's There's no, there's not going to be a schedule change. We'll provide some like recommendations as far as like, Hey, Thursday, you know, probably don't just completely sit on your couch and, and be a piece of shit. But Friday is going to be, do the open workout. Also, here's your training for the day. Yeah. The, the only real thing that I can say is they did
0: move up the open announcements are going to be at noon Pacific. So we are still going to be recommending people do it on Friday because do you want the answers to the test or not? You watch some people do it. You hear you get as much feedback from different sources as you can. And then you go in and then you go in and tackle that. So, um, yeah. So we don't have to stay here until, (laughs) until
3: fucking time to be alive
0: (laughs) until midnight. And then, um, the other thing I think that might be worth noting is the rest of Friday is based on you doing that open workout and Saturday has like 10 trillion pieces programmed And you're gonna go in and really kind of mix and match based on how you feel, how, you know what you think about testing all that, and we'll make sure that you guys know what we want you to do on Thursday and Sunday. But we think people should treat it like uh, like preseason for quarterfinals.
3: Quarterfinals will have a slightly different schedule, though. But yeah, because well, you just a, do quarterfinals. Yeah, but the week <laughs> leading leading in leading into
2: yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yes. <laughs> do them. Okay. Uh, this one comes from Shell Duncan. Uh, Interested in doing further coaching for coaches, mentoring, et cetera? Yes. Um, Long term goal is to
0: have a Misfit credited course, essentially, um, where you you come to a, a, a camp somewhere, Misfit HQ, someone else's gym we teach you how to be an affiliate coach. We teach you how to be a competitive coach. We teach you how to program CrossFit workouts. Um, we are a small but mighty team over here. We're working on growing that team and we will not release that product until it is the best that it can possibly be. Um, so yes, that's definitely out there. Um, I would be personally extremely interested in, and. in, Doing, you know, it's kind of a topic of the times right now, doing a mentorship program. I do not have time to currently do anything like that. So a lot of this stuff is just based on Misfit Athletics growing. If you want Misfit Athletics to grow, you can head to misfitathletics.com and sign up for everything.
1: Yeah. In the meantime, (laughs) as well, like feel free to, you know, slide in the DMs and ask us specific questions. That's something I always want to make sure that you know, misfits out there know that they can do is reach out to us, ask those questions, because I agree with you. We don't want to put out an inferior product. We want to be very proud of what we put forth. But in the meantime, if you have something that you're curious about, you know, we all started that same way, being curious about this profession and ways we can improve. I think we all started with ourselves and we kind of expanded to other people, but, you know, we took the time to find information and you know, maybe you have a question that we haven't thought about before and that sparks a whole new line of conversation and potential podcasts and topics for the programming moving forward. So if you have something specific, please reach out to us with that. We'd be happy to, you know, talk shop
3: in the, in the meantime, quarterfinals prep camp, really good time to, to come and Like you just, just because you are quote, an athlete doesn't mean you're not going to be paying attention to the coaching or it might be more important just, as a coach. <laughs> yeah. Or, and, or just obviously we like, just look at it different with lens. Us on the, on the side about it. If you're local Come by, talk shop, talk shop, come talk to us. And like Sherb said, uh, the DMs, we do, we put a lot of stuff out there on the Team Misfit Gym's Instagram. Uh, Oh, I thought you were going to, this
0: question I thought was teed up for these two pretty well. Um, TeamMisfit.com is an amazing coaching resource. And the hours that these two and Kyle put into the sheets, when you go in and download and look at, you know, the stimulus and the notes and all of that, I think one of the best coaching resources out there is you or your gym being subscribed to team misfit programming and getting like a daily look at how we're programming, why we're programming, yeah. what those notes are. It's the exact are, same so.
3: program that we run usually whenever the, the tip videos that come out for like, you know, we, we typically will post tip videos the day before the class. So obviously coaches can see that assuming they're following along with us and like barring, you know, us saying like, okay, this class is, I'm going to teach something different for this class We're we're also teaching pretty much the same stuff that gets put in the same sheets. Like we're all, we're all playing off the same on the same, we're all playing the same game here. So true. We got the team misfit discord coming in as well. We talked about the misfit athletics one, the team misfit
2: affiliate programming one is, is also in the shoot. Boom. All right. This one comes from Meg's fiber and grain. Uh, It's mixed from the gym thoughts on strategies for goal setting over
1: the next year for the progressing noobs. I don't always want to use the smart acronym, but like specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time oriented, which I know is a mouthful and a kind of a dorky acronym, but it actually does work. You want to set parameters to goals. Put your Yeezy so jacket back
0: on if you're going to drop that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but, but seriously though, you need to have the opportunity taken to sit down, ask for yourself where you are currently, where you want to go. And are there checkpoints along that journey that are realistic that you can get to in both the short term, like two or three week bout, then the month, then maybe like a quarter. So like three months, six months, 12 months, and basically like breadcrumbs on a trail. Each time you match one of those goals or meet one of those goals or surpass one of those goals, that stokes the fire to keep going. So i essentially sit down with like a piece of paper and you saw, what do I want to be able to do? Are there certain things that I can't do now that I want to be able to do and then find someone that's willing to have that conversation that has enough experience, like maybe one of us three over at the affiliate there and say, Hey, how realistic is it for me to say I want to get strict muscle ups in six months or how realistic is it that I get my first handstand pushups in two years from now? Like those things all are on a different timetable depending on where you are currently in your current fitness level and what you choose to do kind of with your life outside of the gym. But You know, come up with those ideas and then find a resource that can help kind of steer those ideas and give them a little bit more of a roadmap from where you are to where you want to be.
3: Um, yeah, I think so. I'll, I'll tackle the question from like almost just purely a training perspective and give also the, I I would, uh, this actually applies to everybody, regardless of your level is just it. And This the questioner is a member at our gym. And one of the things that we really, really try to hammer home. And I think that our athletes do a really good job of is understanding like the stimulus of the workout and how to either self scale or just ask a coach in order to meet that stimulus. Because at the end of the day, you like doing the workouts in such a manner that like allows you to go fast, basically like kind of grassroots CrossFit fit like <clears throat> power power output like and and scaling are are the is the is the fast track to that progress if you're if you're somebody who is whose ego is is big enough that having that rx next to your white your, your name or checking that box in sugar wad whether you're an mft follower and a an affiliate athlete if that's the the metric for success you're you're that's a that's a much slower climb not saying you're not going to get fitter and not achieve those goals at some point but it's the it's a it's it's the wrong way to go about it it's It's a very slow it's a slow path and it's i would say it's riddled with the potential for things like injuries and and stuff like that just so law of uh Fuck. No, Love Fuck. Love it. Fuck. <laughs> I don't know. Can you tell me the definition? Yeah. <laughs> within, within the, within the zone of proximal development is what I was gonna say. Do, do, do things that are just hard no, enough. Now you need the easy jack. Uh, <laughs> just hard enough for you, to, anyways, for you to, for you to challenge already. yourself and push yourself, but not so far outside of your the realm of your capability that it's, it's like, it's deleterious. Realistic but challenging
0: goal. Chop it up into tiny digestible pieces achieve it through just showing up working and then reassess
2: all right jack this one comes from goki 11 uh if you're weak in squatting what program do you suggest we follow
3: uh,
1: phase four I don't know. Uh, <laughs> comp train no yeah, training
3: fit thi- no
0: <laughs> misfit athletics
3: and <laughs> got him, got him. <laughs> um well actually so this is this is yours you go you go and then i'll oh it's mine yeah it's your turn oh man well there's too many answers to this question misfit athletics.com for sure we're currently in that back squat peaking phase uh the misfit athletics volume back squat cycle squatting three days a week um Please make sure that you have an accurate one rep max. If you decide to use the one that you did in high school that was like four inches above parallel and the moon was in the right spot, uh, you're going to be in a fucking grave in about three sessions, about three, (laughs) about three sessions. (laughs) Um, Alternatively, if you're not a subscriber um, or maybe you're not following the program currently, you're just looking for that program, you can sub you can subscribe and then head to our weakness templates where the back squat program actually lives um as far as like just the squat program yeah, if itself, you want to dictate your own time if timing. you want to dictate your own timeline we have a couple on there that's like this is we're, we're working on 1 rep max but we have a 3 rep max um and then like if you're looking for a google search program the texas method is is about as straightforward as it gets like 5 by 5 and then 5 rep max and just go back and forth until the cows come home to roost. Um, and I've never personally, I have never roosting cows come home to roost. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to think the D it's a mighty ducks quote, grow up. Uh, um, but I have never not gotten stronger from where I started to wherever I decide to finish on the, the Texas method back squat program. Um, there's a,
0: a sort of a secondary answer. If you are perennially not good with your squatting, or if your squatting positioning and skill transfer to the clean and the snatch is not there, your technique isn't there. There is a 20 week squat progression that my top two male athletes just went through Luca and Austin. They both PR would and not only did they PR, but they PR would with the type of squat that has, you know, an upright torso and the hips not getting sent back and all that good stuff. Uh they both PR'd. I'm gonna be giving that bad boy away for free in a spreadsheet. All you need to do is type your one rep max in and it plugs in your numbers all the way down through. Um, So we're gonna be giving that away for free um at misfitathletics.com. Obviously committing to a 20 week Uh, cycle is crazy. And Austin, I got to give him a shout out as the first person to ever follow it to a T from start to finish. Um, other people quit. Some people have local, you know, competitions. They got to get in. Some people have injuries. There's a lot of different reasons uh, why you could have something go wrong, but it is only once a week. That is one of the things that's good, but, um, it's 20 weeks long. We're going to drop that bad boy for free. Um, just because it's like, I dare you to do this sort of a thing.
3: And like for a little bit of reference. So Austin had previously a, what, 435, I think he said yesterday, like 435 pound one rep max back squat. Heels He's, touching. He squats with his heels touching, basically. <laughs> Very narrow stance. He, I remember watching him because you and him talked like, hey, we got to widen out your squat stance. And I remember watching him do his one rep max back squat squat Twenty weeks ago, with the wider stance, with the wider yeah. stance, and it was the worst—not worst—it was the least comfortable-looking three hundred and seventy-five-pound one-rep max I've ever seen a an elite CrossFitter do, and that's pretty low, respectfully. Yeah. Um, and then he did the full twenty weeks and sixty-five-pound PR relative to that, so he p all time he did a 375 double in that
0: same stance last
3: week. Yeah. yeah. So, and yeah, so wider, you know, improve the movement mechanics, kind of like you were talking about and a five pound lifetime PR, which is if you if you're saying like, oh, it's only five pounds for someone of his training age and capability and the fact that he changed his mechanics, that is like, that's unheard of.
1: True. Last thing, feel yourself. Make sure that after a session like that, you are putting in the amount of nutrients you mm, need to yes. grow from said session. I think we addressed doing it, making sure you care about how you move, but also make sure that once you are done those sessions, you are feeling yourself properly so that you can get cool back. down,
3: stretch.
0: Exactly. Down. There's so
1: much more to getting strong than just doing said five My hit a
3: 15 pound PR. He finished the volume squat cycle the other day, 15 pound PR.
1: Only 15. Only 15, 15
2: yeah. <laughs> only a professional athlete so all right this one comes from undercover fit uh do we ever have deload weeks lol just wondering so this has changed over the years
0: with misfit athletics but um deciding when an athlete needs to deload um can be very very challenging it's very personal and what the, the the two things that we rely on number 1 our most serious athletes all have a remote coach um you can apply for remote coaching it is a you know it's a big ask both from you personally you know buying into it and you know i think it's reasonably priced but it is you know obviously more expensive there's a financial element to that so um we we listen to our athletes as remote coaches and when we think we need to knock the volume down we do um We have every week six during our off-season phases, you have what we call primer week where the workouts themselves and potentially the weights are not considered deload-esque, but they set you up to get back into the mindset of like, this is at the end of the day, I need to be able to attack individual workouts really well. So giving yourself the time and the space to warm up properly, cool down properly, you know, maybe race somebody else, maybe set your strategy, have more intention when it comes into the pieces. So your deload will be there every week, week six. And then I would, you know, sort of self-modulate that a little bit. And a lot of our athletes take more of a deload and retest week. The coaches will go in and pick, you know, these are the three or four things we really need to focus on. And when you're training at that level, you know, for semifinals and for the games, just knocking down volume has a lot of a deload effect. So
1: The only thing I was going to add was that some athletes that ask for a deload do that for one single day. And they're like, ah, this is fucking boring. I'm going to get back into a full swing of things. So you should use weeks six and seven to kind of figure out what is the right amount of volume so that when you restart the following phase, you are like hungry and like excited to start it, not like... Holy shit! I just got hit by a bus, and now they expect me to do like these three tests today. Like, you should be feeling excited and like ready to get back into the new phase when it starts. And that's not to say don't skip your, you know, retest if you definitely need to retest something, retest it. But keep the volume a little bit more reasonable, so you are that athlete who is hungry for. It's you know, also testing.
0: okay to go on vacation as a crossfitter. I'm just gonna throw that. Out there. <laughs> what?
3: Yeah, I think just the only thing I'd add to that is be willing to dictate your own deload uh, as. For me personally, something that I've kind of tried to uh, like, I don't know. I, I, every time I, every time I PR something, I'm like, that was the last time I'm ever going to PR that. And that ends up not being the case. And I'm, and I'm trying, and I've tried to think about why that is. And I think it has a lot to do with consistency. Um, I don't take a ton of like, I don't take like a D, like a full dedicated D load week necessarily. But if I'm not feeling great for, two three even four days at a time i don't have a problem being like i'm just gonna do my mafetone stuff or i'm just gonna go surf if 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 i can or i'm just not gonna train i'm gonna go for a walk or get some sort of movement in elsewhere and that seems to be sufficient enough for me to just maintain you know a very consistent training schedule like year round without completely beating myself up so if you're feeling beat up it's okay to take you know take a day off or cut out a little bit of volume and do that for a couple days. And
1: beat up can be mentally too you might just need the the breakaway or exercise to to, to reset your you know your headspace because you start to not be excited about going into the gym or you're not sleeping like your normal amount or all of a sudden you're not as hungry as you normally are that those are all signs that hey you might be ready to take a, a slight reduction in volume or maybe even like you said a full handful of days off to allow your body to heal and recharge and to get you excited about going back into the gym
0: it's also if people are interested slide into those dms and let me know we can do a deload week uh weakness template so you can at least have something there to, the to be like okay mm-hmm. what should i do during this week if i'm
2: really feeling beat up all right uh this one comes from mr rainy uh, when will you guys do another goon squad freestyle episode <laughs>
1: <laughs> i mean i'd love to do it tomorrow what was the what was it the two hundredth episode
3: podcast
2: no, you guys did a goon squad freestyle like weeks before that.
0: Yeah, we just came in
2: here and had fun and shot the shit. Did you guys know Hunter's on this podcast? I
1: didn't know I was on the podcast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> who am I? I don't know. I mean, we can I'm do down anytime. I don't know, we'll do one tomorrow. Next week. Let's do it. Yeah. We'll do, do it, it again. It. We're in Miami next week. Um
2: Perfect. Roadcaster. Bring it. <laughs> bring
3: the roadcaster. <laughs>
2: yeah, from we'll set it up Dad. on my pullout couch. You you Hunter. Uh, from Ryan McKay. Why is the hardest part of CrossFit believing in your own capabilities? Fuck. That's a deep. That's a deep topic. Me with that, on yeah, I think it's Hunter's spot. turn. I, uh, is it
1: your turn? I, oh, I, think, it's nah, your I turn. think
0: it's
3: Hunter's turn. No, he just answered. Uh, oh, goon Squad. Yeah, we'll yeah. do it later. We'll do it later. <laughs> we'll do it sometime. Can you say it one more time? What's the hardest part about believing in yourself? No.
1: No. Why is? is the I did prepare Why for this because I saw it early, but I'm still going to make Hunter yourself. do it.
3: Why is the hardest part? Why is the hardest part? I'm going to go, I'm going to go off the off way off the beaten path here. I'm going to say that it is because humans are biologically more attuned to negative feedback and negative information than they are positive.
0: Okay. Um, answer a question with a question. What other part of your life are you dropped into the desert and have no clue what to do? What other part of your life are you presented with these immense challenges, right? CrossFit is so mental because you are fit and you are strong and you are skilled and you are capable. And then it tells you how you're not on a very regular basis within a specific moment, within the type of moment where once you're beyond your aerobic threshold, you are telling your body that you are in panic mode. Your body is reacting. It's mobilizing to attack. And if you can't understand that those biological responses, are you doing them to yourself on purpose? You're going to go down the path of fight or flight. Mm -hmm. You have a choice of either I'm no good this sucks. This isn't fun. I thought I was going to be able to accomplish this. Or if you have more of the other side of the mentality, you get punched in the face and you laugh and you say, Oh,
3: you're going to, how how often have you done a workout where you're like, man, my chest to bar pull-ups felt great. And then you go do another workout and you're like, yeah, they felt great last time. They're going to feel great this time. And you feel like dog shit. Like that's a, and that happens. How often does that happen to everybody listening? Right. So, so you,
0: (laughs) you are in a, insanely, you in the insanely unique position of testing your resolve on a regular basis. Yeah. And we get like, this is one thing that's a huge issue with the best athletes in the world. We get caught up in the moment and we forget everything that's ever happened. We forget our strategy. We were going to go nine and seven. Fuck you coach 16 unbroken. You like that. Now we're doing one Now we're doing One. Like, like we forget what's happening within the moment. So there's so much to remembering. I did this to myself on purpose. I want these challenges. I want to be put in the worst position possible to find out how I am personally going to react to it so that when there's a bunch of shit on the line, I know I've been there. And that's one of the reasons why variance is our guiding principle. And one of the things where when I do a debrief with an athlete post competition, the best athletes are like. On August 12th, you made me, and they list off something I don't even remember we did. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you made me do this. And so when it came up in competition, I was like, boom. And you guys made it heavier and it was more reps. Or you told me I had to fucking stand up on a 14 damper. <laughs> you just <had to> stand <laughs> on top of the bike and use my arms, whatever it is. Your teeth. <laughs> like these, these moments within the gym, we are proving to ourselves what we're capable of. <laughs> And you hope that that sort of training, training your resolve and your grit translates to a qualifier and semifinals and games and all that.
1: Only thing I would add is be careful of what you're consuming outside of training, because I think that mm. can affect athletes a ton. They get lost in social media. They see all these athletes who are all snatching 400 pounds and running two minute miles and they're just feel inferior. So take the time to do an audit on what you consume outside of training and try to find people that you Talk to about training in a very positive manner because I do think that can push athletes away from the that positive headspace where they always, like you were saying earlier, like comparison is a thief of joy. If you're always comparing yourself to other people, you might always constantly be feeling less than because you're going to probably seek out the person who is best at said activity and know that you're not the best. And then maybe like, I'm terrible, where you might be 0.1 seconds per 500 slower on your split than they are. And all of a sudden, to you, because you are slower, it becomes I'm terrible, not. I have something to work on. So just be careful of what you're consuming day in and day out and make sure that it is fueling you in the positive direction as opposed to pushing you away from being the confident athlete. I mean, Fuck, we watched that kid come here and just demolish workouts the entire time he was here. He
0: demolished a workout while he was here and then took another minute off of it.
1: But, I mean, that's, that's the <laughs> crazy part there. So like obviously a huge amount of fitness there. The hard part, again, believing in yourself, it might become down to nothing more than what you're consuming in your non-training hours.
3: I want to add just one thing to what Drew said. It was that kind of made me think of it is like the people, I think people underestimate a lot of times how like how nice it is to be like to have how important stability within like your daily and like weekly and just like your life is in general and what i mean by that is like on a day-to-day basis everybody has some semblance of a routine and everybody also knows like how kind of weird the first couple of days of vacation are it's like this is actually more stressful cuz i'm not like i'm not able to be in my routine and all that stuff and when you you're ready to quit your job on day 7 yeah it's yeah. like you're and you're so you're like you're you like when like yep nothing bad happened at work today nothing you know i woke up at the normal time like everything was completely status quo and people like a lot of times people think that's like a measure of failure of some sort when in fact that's like hey things are going great if everything's pretty stable so that's like big picture then you zero it in on a crossfit workout where it is entirely unless you've done that exact workout before it's the equivalent of just like you wake up and fucking north carolina at 4 a.m and you're just like yeah figure out your routine now like what what am i gonna like i have no idea what i'm gonna do i don't know where i am i don't know what like but like what where's my phone where's my chart like all the the, those little like panic moments that you have like that is the microcosm that is like a metcon so to speak unless you've unless you've done it before in our new
0: year's resolutions i i I don't know if I made a commitment. I sort of referenced okay. being a, a bit more open. If someone in your life when you were younger told you that you weren't good at something or you weren't capable of something, they can go fuck themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. Get rid of that shit. So fucking many people have that baked into them. It's not real. It's someone else's narrative and it's because somebody told them the exact same fucking thing. They're throwing that shit in your face. So if you, if you have that baked into you from, parents or coaches or relatives or whatever teachers growing up that shit needs to go in the trash. Cause it's, it's bullshit.
2: All right. This one comes from KJ Eldpole. Um, how much does a deadlift affect your CNS? And is there a different in difference in high reps and low reps?
0: Um, I mean, as things go, a one rep max deadlift is one of the greatest things that you can do to, I don't know, kick your CNS in the, in the nuts. Like it's, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. The research on it though, is not done on CrossFitters. Um, CrossFitters are seeing if they can delete their central nervous system on a very regular basis. See if I can get rid of this thing. And when you overreach, when you overreach, you eventually either quit or become a fucking cyborg. Right. So, um, It's definitely one of those things that just requires so much of your nervous system and your musculature to come together. Like you can't lift a heavy weight off the ground without getting your nervous system, you know, firing in a way that's attaching to all these different muscle groups. So that's one of the ways, you know, that that can can fry you out. That being said, we don't ask athletes to do that very often. It's not necessary. It is a show of, as we talk about a lot of times, it's a show of power, not that much in terms of a development of power. So we leave it where it belongs throughout the year. And yes, you can change that. Um, one thing that's amazing about strength and conditioning is the volume that you put in within a given session. Um, matters a lot so 300 pounds times five reps 1500 pounds lifted whatever we can manipulate those and our you know lower rep ranges moved at faster speeds um higher set with a lower weight whatever it is those things do not trash your nervous system in the same way a single you know five deadlifts at 100 do not trash you the same way as a 500 pound deadlift might be the quicker and easier way to put that
1: i don't have anything to add agreed
2: okay uh this one comes from Serhan yapar uh why do you not prefer to program classic
1: crossfit imams in training Ooh, i like this topic a lot because the imam is a very personal thing for a lot of athletes and while we will try our best to to ensure that when we deliver an imam on our programming that it's kind of overreaching or very working on something very specific I think a lot of athletes like to use EMOMs because it's a great way to kind of move around on like a lower intensity day. And I truly believe it's a tool that should be used, but I think a lot of programs overemphasize the EMOM style because they want you to be able to say, all right, you can be done in 40 minutes or you can be done in an hour because it allows you to do that because you can fix the clock from the jump and then get started.
0: While Hunter is still short circuiting, um, EMOMs are not classic CrossFit. I don't mean to be a dick but as a, as a, an OG, a proud OG, um, yeah, you're looking at more, you know, three rounds of this, that's more of your classic CrossFit. Um, and all an EMOM is essentially is an interval, like with a defined sort of potentially defined rest period or rep range, um, which we do every single day with intervals is a different style of interval, all that being said, we use EMOMs as a way to shake things up and have variance within the way you read and interpret and react to a workout. To me, that's really all that it's useful for, without bringing every other possible variable into the conversation.
3: Yeah, I was just trying to look because there's a there's an imam coming up on day five, um, biking and wall balls. But can I, confirm I it's think terrible. The, can confirm. Um, <clears throat> the yeah, the I think Sher, Sherb's note is. Is really important that it's an emom specifically like a very specific like every minute on the minute like that seriously restricts us as programmers from certain like ways that we can program like i can't program a triplet like with rowing and like double unders because half the time you're going to spend clipping your feet into the rower and then there's like it's it's very you have to be extremely safe you have to be extremely safe with it and if it's too safe then there's Plenty of people who don't get the intended effect. Some people who just like get buried by it. So it's extremely personal. Um, and also when you, when you fix a clock like that. So let's extrapolate it out to like every five minutes for five rounds. So there's obviously a lot more work that you can put in at that time. But again, like you have an athlete who can hammer rounds one and two, but don't have the aerobic function to recover before their next round. All of a sudden, like because it's an EMOM, the more that you work like that pendulum is is really big like if you lose if you work longer if you work 10 seconds longer than the last one well you also lose 10 seconds of rest so there's a a really big swing that occurs with the work to rest ratio um making it just like difficult unless we know you know we know that 30 wall balls in a minute are probably going to happen we know people can row at this pace like those sorts of things but um it's 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 too personal to program consistently and effectively without knowing like the athlete that you're writing it for specifically.
0: We love it for lifts and skill and you'll see it a lot there as well.
2: All right. This one is from Danny M 1991. Uh what can an athlete do to get better at triple extension when cleaning and snatching?
0: It is fate that the triple extension master of the universe gets to
3: start with this is question. It my question? Yes. Definitely not talking to me. I keep forgetting whose <laughs> order it is. So can you say it again, Ted? I only pay attention. Mastering it's not my the triple question. extension. Yeah, Mastering what can the
2: an athlete do to get better at triple extension when cleaning and snatching? <laughs> All right, I'll start with birth. I'll start with <laughs>
3: <laughs> first. I was born. Here's a little story I got to tell. Uh, <laughs> songs, songs you can rap the entirety of for a hundred. Um, you one is why. Do you need to? Do you define yourself as somebody who is so good at getting underneath a bar so quickly that you like don't? I'm guessing use this
0: person struggles
3: with it. And your, your hips like help. and legs. The alternative <laughs> is the exercises exercises that I've like I will give to athletes if I think that they're not doing that involve like. Starting in like the power position or something like that, basically a variant of the Olympic lift that minimizes how much leg drive you can get and maximizes how much, how aggressively and rapidly you need to extend hips, knees, and ankles in order to pull under a bar. So we like the power position stuff that we program is is really good. Um, that could be like. Ps- pulls and like snatch pulls and snatch deadlifts and really any of those variants of the Olympic lifts where the emphasis is on the extension itself. Um, but from just like things that we program super consistently, the, the power position stuff's a really good place to start. Yeah, the power position stuff forces you to
0: hit that triple extension. And as you're working through it, you can create a skill complex where you do you could you could even potentially begin with a pull. So you begin with that pull. Okay. I know that I'm capable of triple extension from the floor. Now I go to power position. Then I go to low hang and then I actually clean or snatch again from the floor. Um, what I will say is I loved back in the day when, um, I followed programming that had blocks because I didn't need triple extension. Uh, You can just pull under the bar because the weight's supported for you. So I wouldn't recommend using that. I know a lot of people's brains would go to, oh, he wants me in power position. I get, I'm just going to use the blocks. You know, I don't have to deadlift it every single time. But make sure you don't do that. You want that grip factor involved. You want gravity trying to pull the bar out of your hands to get there. Um, And then, I mean, you know, make yourself do it and put a camera on yourself. You might think that because, you are getting better at it, that you are hitting triple extension, prove it, get the, get the camera out. Everybody's got the million frames per second. Now you can scroll through and see the positions that you're hitting.
1: Set your ego aside and go lighter. A lot of athletes try to make these changes and they're at their weights that are just not allowing them to make said change. So for some people that means empty bar, some athlete that means, you know, 40 kilos. It depends on who you are as an athlete and where you are in your journey. But you know, for a lot of people, they're just so anxious to put weight in the barbell that they do like two reps and go, I think I figured it out. And they go into their session without spending the requisite time you need to actually make that change, which is hundreds and hundreds of reps. I
3: can I can think of a couple athletes that are affiliate level who are extremely strong, but don't like don't maximize the use of their legs and their hips. Thank you. And sometime you're welcome. Um, <laughs> Thank one you. thing one thing you can do is like do doing extra doing other exercises maybe not with the barbell that force that sort of hip knee ankle extension like a a super heavy russian kettlebell swing is great obviously more hips and knees than ankles but also things like just super explosive like vertical leaps like you you need to know what it feels like to achieve triple extension and then you know put a bar in your hands and, and
0: that is true that. because i i've never hit triple extension in my life and i don't you I, I like it translates to other movements you really got to think mm-hmm. about your hip extension within a muscle up you got to think about your hip extension within a box jump knowing that you can just drive your knees to your chest that sort of thing so it's a good call to audit it elsewhere
2: all right last two questions triple extension, One kind of massive. leads into the other um, so Ryan McKay is back and he asks, why does Sherb suck at rowing? Sherb.
1: <laughs> <laughs> did you not retest? Suck I didn't retest, no. I, what did he get on his retest? like a minute 40 faster. So you, he was like a 1727. Which you, is, s- you sniffing that? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> what's the, what's the I, split? I, I what's realistically split? think I could... I, I th- think when i did an 1855 it was just over like a 150 so he's doing like a 146 or something like that for that time or one you're also seven. the type
0: to like set the bar too high to catch once someone smashes you i don't know if you got it in you to go out there and
1: i would need the <laughs> right circumstances i was actually just talking to your athlete brady about this like you need the the sun needs to be in the right quadrant of the sky and the birds need to be chirping and i need to have ate the right dinner last night how did his retest go
0: he melt down again on radio, listening. I don't, yeah. I don't
3: know, know if he did it. I don't know if he he has it. I programmed the retest for. I, know him. You I don't know. I
1: don't, it. It. Yeah, he that, hey, I you, talked you, about the way he's going to do it. Oh, so I want to double check that. <laughs> yeah. Um. I will. I'll find him. Yeah. No. That's a you know minute and a half improvement for Ryan. Super impressive. That that to me is someone going like, all right. I saw what I had in week one. I'm going to work really hard at something and. I, I like having the competitive vibe. Like we talk about setting aside your ego so you can kind of focus on you, but there are times like tests and retests where it's, hey, let's see what everyone else has. And fuck, I think I can beat that and go for it. So t- to watch him do that's pretty impressive. To say, I know I have this in the bag and then put the work in and make it happen is what we're all about when it comes to tests and retests.
2: True. All right. From Aiden Bailey, that guy, 347. Who are you predicting for Hunter V. Sherb this year?
0: Wow. um, This is open. It was two to two last this year, is right?
3: open only. Technically two to two. Yeah. Because of the lift? Because of the lift. Yes. What, what was the other workout he beat you in? What was the workout that he beat? It was dumbbell snatch. No, no, no. I beat you in well, the, he beat work, the last beat two. The bar muscle I'm up, last up and the complex after. Oh, your singles? Me. Yeah, my singles. <laughs> Coach, I didn't see you in a row, fuck though. You do that workout. That sucks. <laughs> Yeah, do I can confirm. You're it. just it not soft that often. So it when you are, it's going to make try, fun of you. I was trying not to be soft, but I was soft. <laughs> you failed. I was, I was <laughs> trying. You failed. I was margarine. I was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, like, it was like canola oil margarine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness.
3: Um, true
0: prediction. I don't know. Hunter's been slinging. Hunter's been slinging a little weight.
3: Uh, yeah, that's about it, though. My Metcons have not felt great lately. Um... I think, on,
0: Hunter, I think Hunter. Nice I think I think Hunter off. will win three to one. I think there'll be a lift, and Hunter's going to win three to one.
1: I like it. Thank you. Fuck.
0: Okay. <laughs> Is there a pot to stir? Like a <laughs> stir that
1: jug in front of you.
0: <laughs> we good? We done? What are we, oh, what are your what's your prediction? should v. Hunter
1: four zero sweep. <laughs>
3: For me, for
1: Hunter, yeah,
3: yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: nice thing. I I, want to go 3 1, but I'm gonna go in my direction, not his. I would, I would say
3: 3 1. Same, my direction. Well, oh, Mm -hmm. wait, hold on. Well, to be fair, I won, I won the tiebreak last year. It Mm -hmm. was a standard. We did it on Instagram Live. Oh, that's true. Up clean and jerk snatch. We did it in the wrong order, though. (laughs) That is true. You did win. I won the tiebreaker. What actual open was tied?
1: Was the year before? I win the year before it? was a 5-0 for me. I think so, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I do not remember that. We
1: haven't done a five-week open in like guys. six years, so I don't know. I'm excited for it.
0: All right, ladies and gents, thank you, you for tuning in to another episode of the Misfit PM. Podcast. Three, three workouts at 3 and p.m. And thank you that. to our show sponsors. Us. ProperFuel.co. <laughs> Use the code word Misfit to save on your first order. SharpenTheAxeCo.com. Use the code word Kiala, K E A L A. To save ten percent, donate ten percent to the Kiala Foundation. PureSpectrumCBD.com. <sighs> Use the code word Misfit to save on all orders. And MisfitAthletics.com, TeamMisfit.com, and the Sugar Wad Marketplace for all your programming needs. As always, I'm at Misfit Coach on Instagram. Slide into those DMs. Let me know what you thought of this episode. Let me know what you would like to hear next. See you next week.